Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Rising to the Occasion. Last night, we saw a great matchup between USC and Utah. It looked like USC was going to run away very fast in the beginning of this game, but Utah hangs on. Shout out to Utah for the fight that they had ahead of them. And for them being able to come back, uh, excuse me, I am still <laughs> going through another cold. Uh, I think this is like the third in like two and a half weeks. So I, I apologize for the nasally uh, sound. But, you know, for that game, that was an amazing game to watch. And Kansas State and TCU go against each other today. We're going to preview that one uh, as well as LSU Georgia. We're going to see a big SEC matchup here. Uh, I feel like if Georgia were to lose this game, they'd still be in the top four and probably rightfully so. Uh, whereas LSU has already been knocked out because of the Texas A&M game. So we'll talk a little bit about that game, as well as the Clemson versus North Carolina for the ACC championship game. We're going to see Clemson going against North Carolina. This is a Clemson team that's kind of been beat up and and put down for for their, their two losses on the season, and a North Carolina team that looked like they might be able to squeeze their way in if they were able to keep on winning, but now they're, they're down and out for the count as well. While Purdue and Michigan... We're going to see a, a a pretty bad Purdue team going against Michigan, and ultimately we're going to see how this is going to shape up. But is Michigan able to hold on and not fall into the trap of this Purdue team? Because this Purdue team is still good enough to upset Michigan in this conference championship game. Is, is Michigan going to be able to hold on to an undefeated season and a conference championship, as well as securing their seat into going to the college football playoff? We're going to talk about all of this and so much more today on Rising in the Morning. everybody and welcome back to rising to the occasion this is rising in the morning where we get up and we give you the best show that we can on game day uh britain is out hunting this morning and uh, i found out that i guess blake is is down visiting his grandpa for for uh a birthday so happy birthday to blake's grandpa i guess i 
forgot to check in with him uh, prior to, so that was a surprise to me. But he probably he probably mentioned something about it in the past too. But I usually send out our group text uh, well in advance too, so that's my fault for not checking in with him. But it's just me today. But we're still going to go through these fun matchups and see what's going on because this is a a day where we're going to see who the conference champions are. And ultimately, I think the conference championship games. I think those should weigh more. We've talked about that on this show in the past. We we look at the rankings and we see everything that goes into these rankings. And yeah, strength of schedule matters. And really all of all of the, the the metrics that they use, for the most part, they matter. But we have to include these conference championship games. For example, you know, we have, you know, maybe a, a one loss team who doesn't make it to their conference championship game, uh, like Ohio State, for example, and comparing them to a one loss team, maybe uh, maybe USC, or if TCU were to have had a loss before this conference championship game, you know, if, if USC were to have won last night, and we'll talk about that one in just a moment, if USC would have won, a lot of people still would have said that Ohio State could beat USC, therefore they they should get in. But it's just, you, you look at these conference championship games and they have to mean something. We have to see these conference championship games and see that, yes, USC has one loss on the season, but if they win their conference championship game, that gives them X amount of points to put them in. And I think I think that's one thing that lacks in these playoff uh, rankings overall. Something that, that we need to see more of is just how much these are going to matter going forward. But ultimately, it doesn't really matter. I think the, the playoff is pretty much set for the most part. Uh, we'll, we'll see what they do if TCU were to lose today. Uh, I don't think they will, but if they were to lose today, that could shake some things up and, and add a lot of controversy into the talk. But first, we're going to go ahead and, and go back and look at this game that was last night. If you didn't tune in to watch this game or you just you, you weren't on social media or wherever to to see what was going on with this game, it was a, an absolutely crazy game. Uh, and I will say, even after that game, Caleb Williams still deserves the Heisman. Uh, excuse me. <coughs> but uh, yeah, he he. He played an amazing game in the first quarter. I believe I saw some stats from the first quarter where he had 70 some passing yards. Uh, I, I believe two passing touchdowns and he still had 70 rushing yards. I mean, it, it, it was just an amazing game for him. He was he was taking everything into his control. Uh, there was one long play where he ran down and he kind of slid where he really should have stepped out of bounds. But he, he slides and kind of gets hit a little wonky. And ever since that play, you start to see him limping a little bit. It seemed like something bothered him on his left leg, and he was he was down. He was he was you could tell he wasn't mobile after that. He had a couple of little runs. He had one big, uh, I believe, it was a third down run where he was able to to pick up the first down. But Caleb Williams, I, I think he still played an amazing game. He had a really bad interception towards the end, just a a bad decision to put the ball where he put it, and it was picked off. And that's ultimately what seals the game. But if you weren't watching this game, it was insane. USC, excuse me, <clears throat> USC was up 17 to three in the second quarter. And honestly, it looked like USC was going to run away with this game very easy. It looked like there was no chance for the Utah Utes to come back. Uh, I mean, it, it just looked like USC was out for the revenge. If you back up to Lincoln Riley's day at Oklahoma, uh, and, and I'm drawing a blank on the year, but uh, Oklahoma lost in the regular season. Their one loss was to Texas. Now, they had a chance to redeem themselves in the Big 12 championship game against Texas to go to the college football playoff. And whenever I look at that scenario, that's exactly the, the scenario that, that Lincoln Riley and these Trojans have there at USC. And so we see USC in that same, same predicament. 
They're able to redeem themselves against their one loss throughout the season. So basically, to the committee, that's almost nullifying your loss on the season. And so they they have this chance to to redeem themselves, and they took advantage of it the first quarter, uh, and even even coming out in the second quarter a little bit just with a field goal. Um, but then after that, Utah just took over. Uh, after that, it just seemed like USC had no answers. Of course, Caleb Williams being banged up definitely affected that, I think, because you didn't see the mobility that he shows, the mobility that 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 ultimately proves how great of a quarterback he is. Um, but, you know, so there, there was some things that we see from, you know, from, from Caleb Williams uh, that, you know, we weren't able to. Uh, you know, we, we usually see his mobility running around in the backfield or running around, uh, you know, all over the field. We, we saw that huge run in the first quarter. But, you know, without that, Caleb Williams is is not the type of quarterback that, that can be one dimensional. Not only that, I guess let me, let me back up. I think he could be one dimensional. But for USC's offense, they're not used to that. So for their offensive line, they're used to having to run around and block for him. They're used to, you know, maybe if they slip up on a block, they're used to him already being out of the pocket fast enough and being able to evade those things. So it really does hurt that offense in many more ways uh, than you can imagine. Not only that, but USC really didn't get anything going on the ground. I think that's the biggest criticism I have for Lincoln Riley in this game is that Austin Jones only ended up with 35 rushing yards on 15 carries. Now, you, you have to scheme with running plays, and that's something that, you know, when, when you see Lincoln Riley, again, backing up to Oklahoma days, I'm very familiar with that, uh, being an Oklahoma fan. So you back up to Lincoln Riley in those Oklahoma days, he was very good at mixing in those those running plays to an extent where he can use those running plays to create play action, put put Caleb Williams out on a boot, uh, Spencer Rattler when he was there, putting him out on a boot. Of course, Kyler Murray and... And uh, Baker Mayfield and Jalen Hurts were all amazing quarterbacks that he was able to work with to to get them in those those mobile positionings as well. But ultimately, Lincoln Riley just did not run the ball. But on top of that, he, you know, not only did he not try to scheme around the run game and try to help the run game help or have the the run game help his his passing game, but Utah was just very good at shutting that down. Fifteen carries on thirty five yards that's that's very good for the defense. The Utah defense stood strong. They were the most physical defense in the Pac-12 this season. I think the only stat that they didn't lead in, uh, you know, that really matters is turnovers. We see that that USC, they, they led the nation in turnovers uh, on defense, I do believe. Uh, they, they, they may have fallen off there towards the end, but for most of the season, they, they did lead in turnovers there on USC. So we see USC is the the, the only thing that they, that they uh, held there on the defensive stats was their turnovers and they really weren't able to, to force too many turnovers. I know there was a fumble. I believe that, that might've been the only turnover. If I do remember right, uh, I'll, I'll look that up just to com- make sure that I'm, I'm right. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So that was the only turnover it was just one fumble. Uh, it was just kind of a, a bonehead thing. The, the receiver running downfield with, without uh, really securing that ball and it gets punched out. But other than that, Utah played an amazing game. Uh, there were some some plays that I'm sure some fans might question whether that was targeting on Cam Rising. I don't think that was targeting one bit. Uh, if you look back at that play, the 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 defense the, the defensive player did lower his head, but put it to the side so he could avoid any kind of leaning with the crown. He does make a slight contact with the kind of the side top of his head to Cam Rising's chin. 
uh, into his face mask, which ends up popping off uh, Cam Rising's uh, helmet. But other than that, it really was not was not anything to be called for targeting. I know that's that's one that some some fans would want back. There was a couple of other uh, little little plays throughout there that you know could have been called the other way, but they weren't. Uh, and that that was definitely one of them. I, I thought that might be called for targeting right away, but it wasn't. Uh, it was actually called for defensive holding, which hurt them. That was another one of those drives that really hurt USC. USC's defense kept on putting themselves in situations where they would hold this Utah offense and they would commit a stupid penalty to cause them to to be set back and now allow this Utah offense to go down and score. Not only that, but missed tackles. Missed tackles was a huge thing. Utah, they're, they're not just physical on, on defense, but they're physical on offense because those missed tackles, they were huge. Uh, and, it, and it wasn't just, a lot of it was uh, these players are not good at tackling. Uh, I think that's that's probably going to come with with Alex French's defense, so just be aware. Uh, I've, I've had a lot of frustration in the, in the past with that, but ultimately this was just the, the pure strength and physicality of this Utah offense as well. So huge shout out to Utah uh, and a, a shout out to one of the booster club members over at Crane and Company, Sister Riggs. Congratulations on your Pac-12 championship game uh, and your cha- championship win because the Utes are Pac-12 championships back to back or champions. Sorry. Uh, so, you know, it, it was an amazing game. It was just incredible because coming down to the wire. So so starting off in the first quarter, it was a blowout. There was no way the Utes were going to be able to match up with this USC firepower. In the second quarter, they proved it wrong and tied it up 17-17 at half. And from from a kickoff return, pitching it backwards over another guy's head and almost going into the, into the end zone, that could have been the sealer right there. Like, man, that's, that's going to change the game. But Luckily, USC uh, avoided that tragedy. But, you know, at halftime, 17-17, and after that, it was just all the all Utah because the Trojans were only able to score a touchdown in the four, fourth quarter after that. So, I mean, it was just it was just absolutely incredible to see Utah st- uh, step into that that arena and start to be blown away and for them to fight back. So, so shout out to Utah. Uh, and also shout out to Sister Riggs too, and and congratulations on your Pac-12 championship for two in a row now. Uh, it it truly is an amazing uh, accomplishment, and it's hard to do in any conference. Uh, I don't want to hear anything about the Pac-12 being weak. That's still not easy to do two two years in a row, and especially the way that Utah came out in the beginning of the year, a lot of hype around them, and they just they just fell downwards a little bit. Excuse me. So usually I have my co-host to keep on talking while I take a drink of water. So I apologize for that. But uh, this this cold is drying up my my throat and everything, too. So we're going to keep on fighting through, though. Uh, before we move on to any other games, I do want to bring up our sponsor. It is a sponsor of the Belly Up Podcast Network, a, a really cool sponsor. I have a gift set coming in. I'm excited to try them. There's a lot of really fun flavors out there on their website. You can go to RighteousFelon.com for all the some some really cool looking jerky. Uh, from everything I've read and from everything I've heard about this brand, they they have some amazing uh, jerky out there on their product line, and they have some really cool flavors. So go check them out. It's RighteousFelon.com, and use code BELLYUP for 15% off. Yes, we're going to give you 15% off just for using BELLYUP uh, as your promo code because we appreciate you for listening. But Righteous Felon, they, they, they really do put out a product that it seems like everybody who tries it 
is pretty much liking. So go over and check it out. They've got gift packs so you can get them for uh, gifts for, for Christmas coming up. They're a great stocking stuffer idea. They've got sticks. They've got bags. Uh, you, you go over and check them out, and I promise you're, you're not going to be disappointed with the selection that's that's before you. Uh, and as soon as I get my my packages in, I will absolutely try it and let you know how I how I uh, feel about their their product overall. But their prices are are already good and really hard to beat. Uh, just a little while back, I went into a gas station, tried to buy some jerky, and I went in and I was like, oh, hey, here's a bag of jerky. Picked it up. Didn't have a price tag on there, so I threw it on the counter and... By the time I, I swiped my card, I realized it was like 20 bucks for a small bag of jerky. Righteous Felon isn't going to rip you off like that. They're going to give you a good bag of jerky for a very good price. Not only that, but they're also going to offer you 15% off when you use code BELLYUP. So go over to RighteousFelon.com and use code BELLYUP for 15% off some amazing jerky. Uh, it's a great game day snack. It's a great snack just for every day. Uh, if, if you work any kind of physical job, it's going to be great because you can keep that protein flowing. Uh, and if you work a job where you're sitting at the uh, at, at the desk all day, it's also going to be great for that because you can keep that that protein in your body, keep your energy levels up, so you can keep on going throughout your day. It's an amazing gift, everything. So just go check them out, righteousfelon.com, and use code BELLYUP for fifteen percent off. We're gonna see if we can keep on fighting through. Uh, again, I I have some co-hosts that aren't able to make it on with me today uh, that usually help out with with the talking, especially whenever I got a cold. This is like the, the third time that I've, I've had a cold too. So uh, in, in just like the last maybe two months. So uh, it's it's been a rough, rough winter. It's just been here up in the north. Uh, I'm up in, you know, Iowa, Nebraska area right now. And so it's it's been a really rough winter. We get down to like the 12, 12 degrees and then back up to 40 all of a sudden. Uh, like yesterday, it was it started off at like 10 degrees when I woke up. And then all of a sudden it was 40 out of nowhere, 45 or something like that and dropped right back down. Super windy too, so that doesn't help anything. But uh, I see a, a comment there. Sean Jarrett Media says hi. What's up, Sean? It's great to see you. Thanks for joining us. But uh, anyways, let's move on. We got Kansas State Wildcats going against TCU. This is a matchup that happened earlier in the in the season, and this is the the one thing that I love about the Big Twelve and about the Pac twelve. And I think it's something that's going to translate over to the other conferences. I know I've heard of the Big Ten and SEC both taking this uh, into effect whenever uh, whenever their their realignments happen. So whenever Oklahoma, Texas go over to the SEC, they're planning on doing away with divisions, which is an amazing thing because if you think about it, this year in the Big Ten, we're going to talk about the Big Ten matchup between a Purdue team who really doesn't deserve to be there. It was between Purdue, Illinois, uh, and Iowa for the big 10 West. And you look at that and it's just, it's just ridiculous to see those divisions separating the top tier teams. Whereas, you know, if you were to be honest with it, the top two teams in the big 10 who should be playing for that championship game is a rematch between Ohio state and Michigan. Yeah. Maybe we don't want to see that game two times in a row. I think it'd be pretty cool, but that should be the, the big 10 championship game. And, you know, over in the sec, we should see a rematch between Georgia and Tennessee, but instead we're going to see, a a three loss LSU team get in there and it's 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 just it's sad to see these divisions kind of hurting the conferences that way so you know a four loss Purdue if they were to win is that really fair to say that a four loss Purdue even deserved to be there to be in that situation 
because it's it's any given Saturday in college football. Purdue could win. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But I think these these conference realignments need to make sure that they do away with divisions because the, the Big 12, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the Pac-12 both do this, uh, and it's great for the conference. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Um, but we see Kansas State going against TCU. The first time that they went around, it was a slugfest for, for quite some time. But TCU did what they do best, and they they pulled away at, in the fourth quarter. They pulled away in the end. It was an amazing game to watch. And if, if you missed that one, you missed you, you missed a really fun game because we see TCU, uh, you know, what, what happens to TCU a lot, it seems like, is the backup quarterback ends up having to come in for for the uh, the opposing team. We see Kansas State Wildcats. They have uh, Martinez go out and, and, and Howard comes in. Uh, it's still not entirely uh, confirmed from what I've seen. I'm, I'm trying to see reports still to see exactly who's going to be playing. It looks like both Adrian Martinez and Howard are both healthy. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they stick with Howard because you look at the passing numbers and Howard is just a much better and much more rounded passer. But I, if, if Adrian Martinez is healthy, I still think you have to put him in. I think there's very few times when a dual quarterback situation really works. And I think with this this team, I think that can absolutely work. One thing that you see with Adrian Martinez is between him and Deuce Vaughn battling it out in the backfield and with the, the defense having to be on their toes because Adrian Martinez is incredibly fast. He's incredibly elusive. And for them to be able to to try to watch and and he's he's got a good enough arm where you can't just sit back and and and, and just protect just the run because he'll light you up through the air. He he really shined against Oklahoma. It hurt inside um, watching that game, but he he did. He shined big time against Oklahoma. And ever since that that moment, he he stepped up and he wasn't afraid to make those big plays. And so uh, overall, I think Martinez is definitely a quarterback you want in the game if you're Kansas State because it adds that that extra that extra attack. Uh, anytime you can get a dual threat quarterback in there, it, it's going to be dangerous. But Howard, on the other hand, I mean Howard is. Is, is a passer that that can really throw the ball, and it, it showed in that TCU game. He, he came out, and he was lighting it up through the air. He did extremely well taking over for Martinez. It's like he never skipped a beat, uh, and so it was, it was an amazing game for Kansas State. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Overall, they just couldn't pull out, and TCU was able to just overpower in the fourth quarter. We've we've talked about this a lot on this show, but we can't we can't expect TCU to keep on playing that way. And they showed that last week. That Iowa State win was, yeah, it was against Iowa State, and it was against a bad Iowa State uh, offense. But the Iowa State defense is still physical enough to keep them in most of their games. And with TCU being able to beat them sixty-two to fourteen. That was a complete butt whooping and it it was an amazing game for TCU and it showed that when they're able to click, they they can do something special. So can they pull out that offense 
that was able to score 62 a week ago and keep on rolling with that offense with Max Duggan back there and with uh, Kendra Miller and with with Quentin Johnston. Are they able to keep on going with that offense and just light up this Kansas State uh, defense? Or are they going to have to sit back and kind of play this this slow game until the fourth quarter and pull out? Because what we've talked about a lot on this on this show is that they can't keep on playing that way where they they pull ahead in the fourth quarter. Uh, we, we we saw them in the in the Texas game where they played all four quarters, very physical and very sound. They they didn't win a big game against Texas, but they played their game the way that they should. They played all four quarters and they played physical and they kept it going. So are they able to keep on going with that? Are they able to to pull out and 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 pull this this all game uh, kind of mentality playing all four quarters. It's something that they, they, they have to do. And especially if they end up winning this game and getting into the playoffs, you can't play against the Georgia that way. You can't play against a Michigan that way. Uh, and if Ohio state's the one that ends up getting in or even some crazy scenario where the, the committee puts Alabama in, uh, cause I think those are the only two that really have a chance right now, but either of those two teams, you can't play that way. You have to play all four quarters the way you did with Texas, just with a little bit more firepower. But overall, I mean, TCU's offense has been very good, putting up 473 yards a game. Uh, I mean, that's that's tough to do on an offense. So, I mean, I, I, I see TCU, the way that they've been playing all year, I think they have a very good shot. And, and I see uh, Sean Jarrett Media. Uh, so Sean says, I, I picked Kansas State to win. I think it's really going to be, uh, it, or I think it's going to be maybe too upset today. Okay, so... You're picking Kansas State. Uh, I mean, I, I don't I don't disagree with you. I think this is a tough game to call. Very similar to, to last night's game because it's a rematch. And it's a rematch where the opposing team wants to pull out that win. They, they want to come back and, and redeem themselves. Kansas State, they're ranked number 10 right now, which is really good for their program. Uh, the best that they've had in a long time. So for them to be able to win this game, if they were able to win and push themselves above that top 10 mark, I mean, that, that would be huge for their program, huge for recruiting. Uh, and, and I don't doubt that Kansas State could win this game. I just think TCU has so much ahead of them and so much to see. I think TCU is able to pull out and win this game. And TCU has been a very tough team all season long. Yes, they've been winning by very close margins. And and that totally makes sense why people would doubt them. But the, the way that their game plan is, it's almost like Sonny Dykes knows what's going to happen in those last few moments. So, I mean, I, I see TCU pulling this out and being the Big 12 champs uh, for the first time since, I don't know, it might have been 2012, 2013, somewhere in that. Or no, I guess it would have been maybe 2014 or 15, if I remember correctly, uh, the last time that TCU had a, I believe they had to split it with Oklahoma, though. Uh, so I'm not even sure that it was a a full conference championship. Uh, but, you know, it's it's been a while since TCU has been up there in the talks for this. And for them to be in the playoffs, I think that'd be huge for them. I, I think they see that ahead of them and they want that. I think they're hungry for it and I think they're able to pull this off. Uh, absolutely. So I'm going to pick the TCU Horned Frogs. Uh, they they are favored by one and a half points. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think they're able to cover the spread. If I'm taking my bets, I'm definitely taking that. Um, just because I have a lot of faith in this TCU team. Uh, there's been a lot of games where I see where I think that they aren't going to be able to pull it off and they prove me wrong. Uh, and so I'm going to, I'm going to put my, my faith be behind TCU. I think they're able to pull this off. All right, let's, let's jump on to the LSU Tigers going against Georgia Bulldogs. 
and undefeated Georgia Bulldogs going against 9-3 LSU Tigers. This is going to be a fun game because LSU has has really bounced back uh, in these, these last few weeks of college football. They've bounced back and shown that they are a contender and made their way to this conference championship game. And it wasn't an easy road because they had to beat Alabama to get there. And for them to have st- stood tall and beat Alabama the way that they did at home and stay on their ground, that that was amazing. And and if it wasn't for if if it wasn't for LSU losing to Texas A and M last week, they would be in the talk for that fourth spot in the, in the college football playoff. And so that was a huge that was a huge loss. It was something that really beats down this team. I don't see them standing a chance against Georgia. I mean, you can come at me with all the all the arguments you want. I just don't see it. I don't see how they're going to be able to pull it off. Uh, as of right now, it looks like uh, Georgia is a 17.5-point favorite. I'm not sure if they, they cover that spread just because the way that we've seen Georgia win, they're just out there playing solid football. They're not out there trying to blow teams away, but they're playing solid football and even though that they've had these close games, Kirby Smart never has a doubt in his mind that he's going to win each and every one of these games. We saw this against Missouri. Uh, we saw this several other games. Um, but what we did see, I think their biggest win and most most uh, empowering win was probably that Tennessee game because it was it was a good Tennessee team that they beat. It was at home, but you have to defend your home turf. And that's exactly what they did. They put up enough points to to outscore this Tennessee offense, but their defense is ultimately what what did so well. And their defense stood tall against a tough Tennessee offense. Um, looking at, at Georgia, I think all they have to do is just keep the game ahead of them. Uh, on on defense, keep everything ahead of you. You don't you don't need to play uh, up up close and physical. Just keep it in front of you, because guess what? You're going to have to force Jaden Daniels to put something over your head. That's the only way you stand a chance. <coughs> so i mean I, I just i don't see georgia losing this game i don't see there being much of a chance but what georgia has to understand is if they don't go with this game completely ahead of them if they start to look too far forward if they start to think that it doesn't matter if we lose this game we're still going to get to the college football playoffs if, if they get their heads too high they could lose this game to an lsu team that really wants this they they really want to fight for for their new coach. They want to fight for their their program that's trying to rebuild. They're they're piecing things together game by game, and it fell apart a little bit last week. But I don't see that on on a uh, on a trajectory that's going to keep on going that way. I think today LSU is going to fight very hard. I think LSU is probably able to cover. I definitely don't think they're going to get blown out by seventeen points, but maybe maybe a ten to twelve point game. Uh, so I think if I if I had to put money on that. Uh, that's probably where I'm going, but absolutely money line for Georgia. I, I think Georgia is just too skilled. I think they have too much skill on both sides of the ball. You're going to have Brock Bowers in there. Uh, and another thing is Stetson Bennett, the way that he's played this year, he absolutely deserves a trip to, to New York. I don't think he should be the Heisman winner, but just for the game changer that he's been, it's it's easy to give it to quarterbacks, and I get that. And and I I do hate that the Heisman is always a a quarterback award. It seems like most of the time, but there are are certain quarterbacks that don't put up the stats that you would expect from a a big time Heisman winning quarterback. 
But the Heisman Award is ultimately for who is going to be the biggest game changer. And Stetson Bennett has been that guy. He has not put up the stats that you would think would be just outlandish. When you compare him to, to Caleb Williams, there's no doubt Caleb Williams has the better stats. But when you look at what Stetson Bennett is able to do, he puts the ball in, in out of harm's way and he puts it into the position that it needs to be in. And that's ultimately all you can ask for in a quarterback, especially with all the talent he has around him. This Georgia defense, we questioned how good they were going to be just because they lost a lot of star talent from last year. But they've stood tall and they've been an, an amazing unit. And I, I see Georgia being able to keep that that strong defense uh, out there and, and stopping this LSU offense who has really struggled to find their true identity because it seemed in the beginning of the year they, they struggled really hard. They found it a little bit whenever Daniels was able to throw the ball, but then they they went back into that that rut, especially, again, last week against Texas A&M. Uh, it, it was just, it's just hard to see, and you're going to have to find that identity going forward. But ultimately, LSU fans, I, I've given LSU a lot of flack uh, in, in this entire season, but this has been probably the best you could ask for out of a first-year coach. To see Brian Kelly do what he did there at LSU this year, I think that's an amazing outcome for this season. And LSU, you have a lot to look forward to. You have a lot to look forward to. Not only that, but but look at Brian Kelly and the way that he played in, in the biggest games. When, when, when you see, I, I guess against Tennessee, that was a rough one. Uh, that, that was, again, one where you, you just struggled to find what that identity is. Really on both sides of the ball, it seemed like, in that game, just because Tennessee picked you apart. But when you, when you see that Alabama game, a huge game, everyone's questioning your integrity because you got killed by Tennessee at home. So it's not going to be... It's not going to be easy to do that again, uh, uh, you know, or it's, it's not going to be easy to come back from that to be Alabama at home, especially with all the doubters, um, you know, that are, that are against you. So for them to have stood tall in that Alabama game, I think that was huge for them. Uh, and there's just so much more to that. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. I keep on having these coughing spells, but we're, we're going to keep on fighting through. Anyways, uh, let's let's go ahead and move on. I think uh, it's pretty easy to pick George on that game, uh, and I don't I don't think uh, there's a whole lot of people in the nation trying to go against Georgia. But anyways, let's fight on uh, with Clemson. Clemson going against North Carolina. This is a game that I again, if if I'm if I'm taking any kind of bets, I'm staying away from this this game just because it's one that I don't trust that that care that North Carolina defense. When I look at North Carolina, the way their defense has played all year, it's it's not easy to see them, uh, you know, in any fashion. Uh, it's not easy to, to to be on their side. But when you look at their offense, that's really what carries this this team. Drake May has been outstanding. Uh, you you want to talk Heisman candidates? I think Drake May is right up there with Caleb Williams. I think he definitely deserves his shot there in New York. Uh, and and I'm totally open to the to the idea of of taking it away from Caleb Williams to giving it to Drake May. I just think that Caleb Williams has been more of a game changer uh, than Drake May in in the winning aspect, uh, just because they've they've had a better record. I think that's the only reason why I would lean towards Caleb Williams. But as far as just overall play and what he's done for his team, uh, Drake May definitely has a worse defense to play with. But yeah, I mean, I just I see North Carolina and and the way that they've played this year. 
it's it's hard to be on their side, but they're a seven and a half point underdog against Clemson going into the, this conference championship game, playing for the ACC championship. It, it's going to be a hard fought game. And, and the, the thing that we've talked about constantly on this show is what DJU are you going to see this year or the, this week? And if you're going to see the DJU that, that played last week, then you're absolutely going to to lose this game because DJU was eight for 29 last week. Just a horrible game. Uh, and, you know, so, I mean, I, I just, I don't see this Clemson offense being able to to, to keep up with North Carolina. It, it's hard to, be, to, to bet against Clemson and especially to expect them to lose two in a row. But the way that they played against South Carolina, I, I just... Unless they they unless they they stray away from DJU, which we've talked about a lot again on this show, I, I don't see that offense being able to keep up with North Carolina. North Carolina has been great on uh, on offense in every aspect of the, of the game. Drake Bay, Drake May, believe it or not, he's not just their leading passer, obviously because he's the quarterback, but he's also their leading rusher this year, and. It's incredible to see that because he's he's got 629 yards rushing on the season with six rushing touchdowns. He's also thrown 35 touchdowns to 15 or sorry 35 touchdowns to five interceptions this year. Uh, I mean he he's just been he's been lights out. So you you really can't expect much more out of this kid. He's he's got a bright future ahead of him. I'm definitely taking North Carolina in this game uh, just because of, again I think that offense is going to be able to stand up. And the Clemson defense has been very disappointing this year. Uh, they they still have one of the toughest D lines in the nation, but they just haven't been playing to their capabilities. And that's something that they're, they're going to have to find. They're going to have to to pull that out. All right, we're going to go ahead and jump forward uh, and get through this. Uh, again, if I had my co-host to help me out here, we would definitely go our entire hour, hour and 15 minutes like we normally do. Um, but we're going to cut it short today because it's just me and uh, and I, I don't want you guys to have to suffer through uh, listening to my my cold voice any longer. Starting to lose my voice a little bit, but that's all right. We're going to fight through and talk about the Boilermakers going against Michigan Wolverines. The Michigan Wolverines have been completely just, just I mean, we, we we expected them to go undefeated going into that that Ohio State game last year or last week. Throughout the entire season, we've been talking about it. It's going to come down to that game to decide who goes on to play for the conference championship game, to fight for an undefeated season, and to fight for the college football playoffs. And Michigan Michigan has proven a lot of haters wrong. A lot of people did not think they would be able to, to do what they did against Penn State. A lot of people didn't think they were going to, going to be able to, to make it through their season. Uh, whenever it got to the Illinois game, we, we questioned if they were going to be able to stand tall. It was a little bit of a trap there, and it was it was absolutely a tough a tough fought game. But overall, we we see that Michigan team stand up and and make their stand in the in the last quarter against Illinois, being able to to fight back and get through that Illinois game to move on to the game and come out with a not just a win, not just a win where you go into the horseshoe and beat Ohio State in their own stadium, and beat Ohio State for the second year in a row, but you came away with a huge win. You you absolutely murdered Ohio State, and that was something that nobody expected. Ohio State went down 45-23 to in their home stadium against Michigan without without Blake Corum. I mean, this is, this is a Michigan, uh, Michigan team that 
has been surrounded around Blake Corum. And many of us picked that if Blake Corum doesn't win, or if he, if he doesn't play, Michigan doesn't win. And I don't think that was a bad take by anyone who said that. I think without Blake Corum, we don't know what the identity of this Michigan offense is. But J.J. McCarthy stepped up big time. J.J. McCarthy came out in that game and just played completely, just lights out. I mean, we, we, we didn't expect this from J.J. McCarthy because he has been just a mediocre quarterback at best. He gives that that running attack that makes him dual threat, and he gives that, that attack that, that makes you question what you need to do on defense, but he's not able to light it up through the air. But he completely proved everybody wrong on that in the, in the game going against Ohio State. And so he, he only goes 50%, but he puts up 263 passing yards and three passing touchdowns. But the biggest thing in that game was no turnovers. On the other side of the ball, you have a Heisman candidate and CJ Stroud puts up some good numbers and two touchdowns to go along with it. But he threw two interceptions and that absolutely killed Ohio State. So for, for Michigan's defense being able to stand tall against one of the toughest offenses in the nation, and arguably the best offense in the nation when you take LSU, or excuse me, when you take Tennessee out of it because of Hennon Hooker being hurt. I think Ohio State is the toughest offense in the nation, especially with that that wide receiver room that they have. Uh, you know, and of course it, it, it hurts Ohio State to have lost uh, Travion Henderson and Mayan Williams both in that game. But you look at the other side, the Michigan Wolverines lost their two best running backs as well but they were still able to fight through and just put up amazing numbers in that game. So when we look forward to this, I I don't, if if you're betting against Michigan, I think you're crazy unless you're just trying to, to see and play with your odds. Uh, I I didn't, I didn't look, look up to see what it was on the money line for Purdue, but I'm sure it's probably somewhere around like plus five, 600 or something. Uh, So, you know, I'm sure if, if you wanted to put a, put a, a little bit on Purdue just to see and play with your odds just in case that upset were to happen. Sure. Go for it. And and just know that that's your own decision. That's not mine. But when, when we look at this Michigan Wolverines team and see everything that they've done this year and seeing how they played last week, they know that they have one mission and that is to win the next game. It doesn't matter who they're going against. It doesn't matter what the what the next week holds. It doesn't matter about any of that. But Michigan just knows that today is all that matters. And you can tell that that's the way that they're playing each and every week. I, I think the Illinois game was one where they didn't play to their standards. And they may have been looking forward a week in that game, only barely pulling it off by two points, a 19-17 to 17, uh, game uh, against Illinois. But other than that, they have played... The, the game that they're playing this week, and that's all that matters. I think Michigan wins this. I think they win big. Uh, Sean th- throws another one in there, Michigan minus nine. Uh, I, I think that's a good bet. Uh, absolutely take the minus nine, but I think I think they cover that and then some. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely taking Michigan a little, a little bit bigger than that uh, just because I, I think Michigan has this game in their control. Uh, it looks like they're a 16 and a half point favorite. It wouldn't surprise me if they covered that. I think they come out here and just play lights out, trying to show that they deserve to be the conference champions, that they deserve to be in the playoffs, and that they can match up against any other team in that playoff. Uh, and so I, I definitely take Michigan big. It's going to be a really fun week uh, of college football. Uh, Today is going to be just a, a slate full of very fun games, and they're all games that truly matter, and that's what makes makes them so much more fun. 
So it's going to be fun. I appreciate everybody who is watching, for uh, everyone who is listening, especially for fighting through with me while I have this cold, uh, trying to trying to fight through it. Um, but you know, let's uh, let's go ahead and, and just have ourselves a a great college college game day. Uh, and go out there and watch all these games. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe, hit the notification bell so that you know when we have any kind of updates. Hopefully next time that we have a show, I'm not fighting through this and, and losing my voice. Um, but I, I absolutely thank you all for your support. And go ahead and also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening to your podcasts, make sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That helps us out greatly. So thank you all so much for your support. And until next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.